Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning and welcome to On the Road with Jesus. I'm Rhody Fisher. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for this new day. We ask your blessings over us and the listeners. And Lord, I pray that you would do a work in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in Psalm 119. As I've said before, Psalm 19 is the longest chapter of the Bible. The longest chapter in Psalm, the longest chapter in the Bible, and every single verse, except for maybe 10 verses, refers to the Lord somehow, or or is, his name is mentioned. So every single verse in this whole chapter could be a prayer that you could singly take out on its own. And, um, and, and let me just give you an example. In, in Psalm 119.9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. So you could pray that prayer, just that one verse. Every verse is kind of like that, except for maybe 10 of them. But the other thing is, Psalm is right smack in the middle of the Bible. If you just put your Bible up and let it fall in the middle, it generally will fall right in Psalm. This particular chapter is divided by um, every single letter of the Jewish alphabet, um, has eight verses under it. So there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so if you times eight, because every single letter has eight verses, um, so you times eight times 22, that's 176 verses in Psalm 119. So they're divided by um, the letters of the Jewish alphabet in in chronological order. So it starts with um, Aleph, Beth is the second one, and we're on the third uh, group of uh, scriptures this morning. And so it's Gimel. And so here goes, and that would be Psalm 119.17. So Father, we pray that you would give us understanding of your word. And it says here, do good to your servant, and I will live. I will obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I'm a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws all the time. You rebuke the arrogant who are cursed and who stray from your commands. Remove from me scorn and contempt, for I keep your statues. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statues are my delight. They are my counselors. Wow, it's beautiful. Thank you for your word, Lord. We bless it in Jesus' name. So this morning, um, 
the thought came to me the other day as I was talking to my, um, to my, I, I teach religious release time to third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders in a public school, and I was trying to get them to understand that they really need to stay in the Word. They really need to, you know, carve out a time that they can spend five, maybe ten minutes with God, just them alone. I really wanted them to get used to the idea of um, carving out a time for Jesus. Um, I let them know that if they were walking to the park, and they were walking to the park with their best friend, would they be silent the whole way from their home to the park? No, they probably would talk to their friend, especially if it's their best friend. And Jesus is our best friend. So um, getting them to carve out that time and reminding me that I need to carve out that time for God, um, be it in the morning or the afternoon or at night, I like to try to do that in the morning for me. It's when I'm freshest. And so if I could if I could just spend that time with him. And then there are other times that I have more time on my hands where rather than maybe an, a half an hour of reading or praying or both, um, I, I could spend more time with the Lord in the afternoon sometimes. And what I like to do is I like to turn the music on and start singing some praise music and get myself um, in that attitude of prayer. And I like to pray just what's on my heart, whatever is burdening me that day. Um, I like to, like I say, take it off of my shoulders and put it onto his. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if I can push those problems or concerns or desires onto his shoulders, it just makes it a lot easier for me. So taking that time, carving out that time is what I try to tell the kids. Um, Third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, it's important that they start at a really young age. And then it becomes habitual. I mean, it, it becomes part of their practice that they do every day. I do want to take you to, um, I just mentioned it earlier, to another person, and I'd like to take you to 2 Timothy three, sixteen. It's easy to remember because we always talk about John 3.16. This is 2 Timothy 3.16. And so it says here, all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So all scripture, um, it's talking about what is the scripture, what is what does the scripture do for us? It's given to us as been an, an inspiration of God um, for correction, for profit it's profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction instruction and for righteousness but it says here i i did want to look at it in the in the um in the niv 
and it says all scripture is God breathed. And I like to use the scripture um, to talk about because God breathed the scriptures into existence by speaking to man. Um, Moses is is credited for the first five books of the Bible, and um, and it's it's what the Jews um, memorize. Um, the whole books of the first five books of the Bible, the scholars do. But Moses wrote those through the inspiration. God breathed that into Moses' ears, and, um, and he wrote that down. And every single book in the Bible was God-breathed, because it says here in Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I always ask the kids, what kinds of things can't you live without? I mean, your body would completely die if you didn't have it. And, you know, when I ask the kids, they'll say, oh, my toys, my parents, I can't live without my brother, my sister, But the fact of the matter is our physical bodies will die with three things missing from it. And they finally get to those three important things. And they'll say, you know, I can't live without food. And I'll say, okay, how long could you live without food? And they'll, they'll come up with an, you know, number. And for, for young kids, they'll, they'll think maybe a week, maybe two days. But the fact of the matter is Jesus, Jesus um, fasted for 40 days. So we know that people can live about 40 days without food. That's a long time. I don't know if I could fast that long. Um, but, but Jesus did it, and others have done it. Um, I think the, last, the, the most I've ever lasted with fasting is... 21 days, but I think I drank juice as well. But food, yeah. Um, so it's easy to think about dying if you, you know, haven't had food for a while. And then I asked the kids, now what other things do you think you can't live without? And they'll say, well, water. And I'll say, yeah, how long do you think you'll Last without water, and some kids will say one or two days, and and some of them will say maybe a week. Well, I think the answer is more like eight to ten days at the most, maybe two weeks. Um, your body really can't live that long without water. I know that there have been people that have been caught, you know, somewhere lost out at sea or something, and unless it rains and they have no water, they they usually die after a few days. And it also depends on how hot it is. So the hotter it is and the more perspiration that leaves your body, the shorter it is that you can live without water. And then I'll ask them, what is that third thing? And they'll say, well, air. Well, yeah. So how long do you think you can live without air? And these little gut tags will say, you know, um, maybe maybe 30 seconds. 
and and the truth be known, it it's maybe a minute or two. Um, some people can last longer. I know that there are divers that do these long dives underwater that can last almost five minutes. But the average person can't last more than about three minutes, I think, maybe even two minutes without air. And and now with COVID, um, if you're in the hospital and you're not getting and your air, your intake, your oxygen level in your body is like 80%. They're, they're trying to put you on a respirator already. That's not enough air in your body. So maybe a day or two, I mean a minute or two without air. So I take them to the scripture um, in, in 2 Timothy 3.16 because the scriptures are God-breathed. We need that air that God has breathe into existence every single day, getting his word. I'd, I'd also like to read verse 17 in that same um, Second Timothy. And, and it says here, so that, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you have that word in your system, the word of God, after reading, even not even a chapter, even a few verses, it, it gives you that strength. It gives you that air that breathes from God into you um, that you need to get through whatever it is that God has planned for that day. So this is the breath of God that God breathed um, into um, existence by having the different man of God writing the Bible. I also want to talk about the second thing that we mentioned um, that we can't live without, and that is water. And when you think about that... um, uh, the Samaritan woman, as she was um, getting water, Jesus told her that um, he could give her living water. And I, I would like to take you to John 4.10. It's another scripture of the, the living water that we're talking about. So we're going to John 4.10. Well, let me read John 4. And it says here, The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining, this is verse 1, gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized his disciples. But when the Lord learned this, he left Judea and went back one more, once more to Galilee. Now, now, when okay, I'll just explain a little bit. When when you when you go back to Galilee, um, he he says that he he left and he went back to Galilee. He they usually went around Samaria because they didn't want to stop there. But he had an appointment. He specifically went through Gal- uh, Samaria because he wanted to talk to the Samaritan woman. Now he had to go through Samaria. 
So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with the Samarians. Samaritan. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So all to say that Jesus is is talking about himself as being the living water. So Jesus um, getting into the word gives us that breath of God, that air that we need. Getting into the word of God gives us that living water that we need to drink every day. And, <clears throat> and the third thing I'd like to talk about is the bread or the food that we need to eat daily. And Jesus calls himself um, the bread of life. So let me take you to John six twenty-five. So yeah, it's interesting that Jesus considers himself um, living water, talks about giving us living water, and then he calls himself the bread of life. So we're going to John six thirty-five. And it says here in verse 35, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never go thirsty. But I, as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me will never dr- I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven and not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up in the last day. So here he is talking about, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never grow hungry, and he who believes in me will never grow thirsty. So he's giving us, he's relating to us, that he is the food that we need, and he is the water that refreshes us and fills us full. And, and he says that if you drink of this water, which is him, we will never grow thirsty. And we're talking about spiritual food, spiritual water, and spiritual air. Um, the water that we drink out of a Bible, uh, out of the of, of, of the bottle really is to fill our physical needs. The air that we breathe is for our physical needs. The food that we eat is for physical. But Jesus is talking about feeding our spirit. And we can grow really, really well in him when we have eaten, drank, and breathed the word of God that he left us as a, as a manual for us to live and grow in him. 
<clears throat> I I do think that when you spend that time with him, um, as I've talked to the kids, as you as you spend that time with him, you desire more and more time with him. I know that um, sometimes it's hard to carve out that ten minutes because we all live such busy lives. But the fact remains, even if you carve out just a few minutes every single day, that time can grow because you hunger and thirst for more. It seems like you can't get enough because you want to grow and learn more about what he has to to um, to say to us in his word. I, I know that sometimes it's really, really hard for me to to carve out that time. You know, I'm rushing. Like this morning, I was rushing to the studio, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, as soon as I get home, I'll have that time for me to spend with the Lord. Um, because normally I do this in the morning, but because I had to be at the studio this morning, I couldn't do it. And so... Um, but, you know, you have to adjust your time. And if you do that every single day, it becomes um, automatic. You know, you, you just can't wait to see Jesus in that quiet time that you've spent with him. I know that um, when I first met my husband, I, um, we, you know, were both working at the time. And just for us to be separated from one another, especially after we got married, um, was hard because we wanted to see each other a lot. But one of the things I found was, even though we were separated, that's all I wanted to talk about with the, my friends at work and um, different people about what a great guy he was. So um, our desire to spend more time and the thoughts of, of Jesus um, come to us more and more as we spend more time with him. So, <clears throat> right now, I would love to talk to the listener that has not ever made a commitment to the Lord. You know, Jesus says you must be born again. And born again means born of the Spirit, born from above, meaning that you're going to ask Jesus into your heart and that your spirit will come alive. Because now Jesus lives in you, and you in him. If you would like to do that today, because you'd like to have a relationship with him, and I've, as I've said, you know, getting into the word of God and, and breathing in his air and, and eating from his word and drinking from his word, if you would like to be that person that would hunger and thirst for God every day, the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. Um, now would be the time to make a decision to accept Jesus as your Savior. If you'd like to do that, let me lead you in a very simple, short prayer, inviting Jesus into your heart. And it goes like this, and it just means mean it with your whole heart. He died on the cross for you. He made a way that he could wash away all of your sins, and you could follow him into eternity. So, here's the prayer. Just mean it with your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord, 
for washing all my sins away. I ask, Lord, that you forgive me of my previous sins, my current sins, and those that I haven't even committed in the future. Lord, I want to follow you. Be my Lord and Savior today. Help me to walk this walk with you, Lord. Change my heart. Soften my heart to the things of you. I want to follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have said that prayer and meant it with your heart, give us a call here at K-Praise or write me on the road with Jesus and let me know that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. Anyway, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. We love you. Bye for now. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher.